when we decide how we want to perceive our life, it can transform within an instant. And that's truly a miracle. Welcome to Connect Back In Podcast. I'm Morgan King, your host, and I'm so passionate about sharing with you the spiritual concepts that have transformed my life. It is not always an easy path, but I know within my soul that if it's good on the inside, it's good on the outside. Through interviews with experts and my personal experience, we will break down how to live a spiritual life in today's society. My hope is that you find the inspiration and support you need as you explore your own journey to connect back in. Hello, it's Morgan King with Connect Back In. Thank you as always for being here and pressing play. I am excited to do this episode today as I'm going to be talking about one of my all-time favorite movies, It's a Wonderful Life. So for those of you who have not seen it, it's going to be quite the spoiler alert. So maybe you go watch the movie and then you can re-listen to this. Or if you don't care, you don't want to watch a black and white movie from, I don't know when it was filmed, a long time ago. (laughs) Um, You can just listen in here and you'll get an understanding about the movie. So um, I love it for so many reasons, not only the message that it conveys, but it was a tradition with my family um, and my dad, especially on Christmas Eve at 7 p.m. NBC, which was Channel 11 in Wisconsin, would play It's a Wonderful Life. And we would sit down and we would watch it. And then the years that I wouldn't be with him, I would make sure to watch it from afar. And it would just be this great connection piece that we had. And every single year... I can remember even as a kid at the end, I would cry. And it was like I was able to understand the message even then, even if I didn't really understand it, if that makes sense. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about it. If you haven't seen it before, I highly, highly recommend it. It is such a feel-good, beautiful movie. Um, It definitely is old-fashioned, which I personally love. But if you're used to more of a fast-paced film, just mentally prepare yourself. It was done a long time ago when we had less um, distractions and things like that going on. So it's not an attention holder, if you will. It's just a beautiful movie with a great message. So um, really, I want to set up the tone and kind of share with you what the movie is all about. So it is about this guy named George Bailey. And he, at the beginning of the movie, there's a lot of people praying for him and asking for help up on his behalf. He is in a struggle moment of life. And he's actually considering taking his own life because of this challenge that he's come across. And it kind of showcases this prayer session from everyone that calls forth spirit to come forward and send a guardian angel down to help him. And in order for the angel to help him, he needs a backstory. And he, need, he needs to understand how George got to where he was. And so he shares all these milestones of how when he was younger, he jumped in the lake, which was ice covered because his brother fell through it. And he saved his brother. And in that time frame, he caught a bad cold, which damaged the hearing in his left ear. So that's like a valuable story that they show from his past that's really... Um, significant to the timeline of his life. Um, They also show that his dad passed away when he was, his brother had graduated high school. He was about to go off and travel the world and he ended up having to take over the family business. Um, They talk about the family business was a bank. It was a building and loans. um, And 
They talk about a bank run that happened and he was supposed to go on his honeymoon with his wife. And he ended up taking all the money that they had saved for their honeymoon and giving it to the patrons so that they could keep the bank open. So there's just all these moments where George selflessly served others. And you can kind of see, even though his intentions were good and he's like, okay, I'm going to do this for them. There was a part of him that would die inside every time, especially as he got older pushing aside his dreams, his wants, his desires, and then coming to this point of challenge. And he just was like, what is going on? I just feel like I give and give and give. And now I'm here and I just can't do it anymore. And what happens is this challenge he faces is essentially a deficit because his uncle, who also works for the bank, lost $8,000 they were planning to deposit. And back then, $8,000 was a ton of money. Like imagine, it's probably like a million dollars with inflation. But it was a lot of money and it's fraud and um, misappropriation of accounts. He'd go to prison. Like all these bad things would happen to him. And so he's just like, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. And so the guardian angel, angel comes along and essentially gives him the opportunity to see what life would be like without him because he thinks that it would be better if he was never born and everybody's life would be better off. Now, I don't know if you've ever experienced feelings like this before. I have. I've definitely been really sad, um, not necessarily wanting to take my life by chance, like um, not by chance, but... I just want to be transparent here. And just there's been times where I'm like, God, I just shouldn't even be here, you know, and sadness and fear and all these negative thoughts come in your head. And we treat them as though they are factual, especially when we're feeling super, super down. And things in your outer world might not be going how you want them to go. And so you just assume that, what what am I doing here? Like, what is the point of all this, right? And maybe you haven't asked yourself that question before. And if you haven't, that's okay too. That's wonderful, actually. But if you have, just giving yourself some grace for that and just knowing, as always, that you're not alone. And I bet 80% or more of you who are listening right now are like, yeah, I've definitely felt that way more than once in my life, actually. And those contrast moments, those deep defining moments of life really do ultimately serve you because they beg you to ask the question, why or what or how? You ask questions. How did I get here? Why am I doing this? What is going on? Why do I feel the way that I feel? Why am I allowing this to make me feel this way? Um, And those questions lead to answers, which drive you into the direction of your truth. Because when you're feeling this way, you're feeling down and negative, like George Bailey was in the movie, he's out of alignment with the truth of who he is. That's why it feels so terrible. It's the source within you, your higher self knows better. And you are in complete contrast to that. So your higher self is thinking you are brilliant, you are worthy, you are lovable, you are perfect just as you are. And then your fear brain or your ego or whatever you want to call it is sitting there being like, I'm not enough, I'm not deserving, I'm worthless, I'm depressed, whatever, fill in the blank, right? And that discord between those two things, the truth of who you are, and then the negative thought reel that you have going is what creates all that pain and suffering because you're not supposed to feel that way. 
your default setting as a human is happiness and joy. And that's why we see it in babies all the time. They haven't been given all the limiting beliefs that us adults have throughout our lives. So going back to the movie is George gets to see what life would be like if he wasn't born. And it's insane the impact that he has had not only in individuals' lives, but in the town. Like the whole town is a completely different place. And his younger brother, who he saved, as I mentioned in the beginning, from drowning, he ended up dying. And that brother actually, because of George, was saved and then went on and saved people um, in the war, he shot down a plane that was about to hit a transport with hundreds of soldiers on it. And all of those people died because George didn't save his brother, Harry. So like, it's such a profound thing to watch. And it makes you question the impact that you've had on other people's lives that you don't even know about. Because you don't see it physically, you assume that it's very little or very small. And I can tell you, no matter who you are, you have impacted someone's life significantly, if not more than one person. And having that power and that ability, it makes you realize that it's so much more than just about you and that we're all connected and we're all meant to be here for each other. And so some interesting things is that He had this idea about himself, George, that because he didn't have this $8,000 and life just seemed to be falling apart, that he wasn't enough. That this money they needed for the bank was worthy of giving his life for. Because he was so blinded by the fear. And then you can see him once he figures this out, just like he's yelling at his family, he's yelling at his wife, He's throwing things and things proceed to get worse and worse and worse. He gets punched in the face by somebody. He runs his car into a tree. And that's what happens oftentimes, as you can recall, the worse it gets, the worse it gets. And the better it gets, the better it gets because that's where our focus is. And that's where we perceive our reality and like attracts like. And so when you are focused on the things that aren't working, it just creates more of what's not working. So then what happens is he gets to see the impact that he's had on everybody's life. And it is tremendous. And it's a very profound experience for him to see that. And at the end, he wants to live again. And he wants his life back. And he gets it back. And in that moment, he recognizes he had everything that he could ever want. He has a beautiful family. He has friends. He lives in this small town. He runs a business and he's just like running through the city screaming with laughter. And he gets home and he's about to get arrested for this bank fraud. And he's like, I'm about to get arrested. Isn't it wonderful? Merry Christmas. And it just is such a powerful scene because you're able to see that he's not allowing his outside circumstances to change the way that he feels. And then what happens, which always makes me teary-eyed, is that everyone that he has helped in the past shows up at his house, no questions asked, no receipt required, 
and they just donate whatever money that they have to help support George. And so in the end, he has much more than $8,000 and he has all these people in his house and they're all toasting. And it just makes you realize that like money has zero power over anyone. And it's really about people coming together and supporting you. And then he's able to see firsthand how all of his deeds did not go undone. So all the things that he's done for people in the past. And there were so many people waiting to show up for him when he needed help. And he assumed in his dark moment that he was completely alone and that he was separate from others. And our brain will do that to us. When you are feeling down and out or worried or stressed, you're like, I can't call my friend. They're not, I don't want to bother them. They're not going to understand what I'm going through. And actually, funny enough, this kind of felt... I had this feeling a couple weeks ago and I decided to call a really good girlfriend of mine that I've known since childhood. I called her and she broke down because she was feeling the same way. And I started laughing. And I was like, you have no idea how much better that makes me feel. I'm not happy that you're sad, but I'm happy that we can recognize that we're human and I'm not alone and you're not alone. And we're just going through it. And that's just life. And it's not not so serious. And so then once he was able to recognize that he wasn't alone and that he's not separate from others, he has this whole support system waiting for him. And you do too. But sometimes it's so hard to ask for help. And we don't know who we're helping and we don't know the impact that we have is because we don't ask. And we also don't know that help is available to us from others because we don't ask. So tying this all up is that George was able to see his life in a completely different way after this experience of recognizing that, wow, I really do have a wonderful life. Nothing about his life changed. Not one thing in that moment when he was happy. He just shifted the way that he saw his life. That is a really powerful thing to recognize is that when we decide how we want to perceive our life, it can transform within an instant. And that's truly a miracle. And we can give ourselves that miracle whenever we want to. Now, I'm going to touch on the fact that when we're in it, when we're in the sadness, the frustration, or the desire to want to feel different, whatever that looks like for you, it feels like we're stuck. You literally physically feel stuck. And we feel like the thought loop that's going on in our head is the way that it is. It is factual. There is no other way to see this. And that is completely wrong. There is always two sides to the coin. And so a question you can begin to ask yourself is first writing down the thought loop that you have in your head, getting it down on paper. And that is such a powerful exercise because even right there, you can look at it and be like, wow, this is just so not true. Like you can see it for what it is. When it's in your brain, you attach to it, it becomes your identity and it feels so true for you. So you write it down, you look at it and maybe even in that moment, you're able to recognize it's false. But... Secondly, if you can't recognize in that moment, ask yourself, is this true? 
Is this factual? Is there another way to see this situation that might serve me even just a tiny, tiny bit better? And climbing out of that hole by asking yourself that question. And one question that I think is really powerful because ultimately, all we're doing in that state when we're not feeling well, we are holding ourselves back, we're not allowing ourselves to choose a different thought to make ourselves feel better because it feels like fact. We like to commiserate. We like to feel sorry for ourselves sometimes. And that's all good. There's definitely times in which that that is necessary, right? But then there's times where, okay, I think I've done enough of this. I don't need to hold myself back with these negative thoughts anymore. And one question that my mentor, Alan Cohen, will talk through is... What do you think you need to do before you deserve healing? I'll ask that again. What do you think you need to do? What are you requiring yourself to do? What prerequisite are you putting in front of yourself? What rule or what things should you do before you deserve healing? And his response to this is that Source doesn't have rules. There's not this checklist that we need to agree to in order to be human and to live life. That is ego. And depending on who you are, that checklist will look different, which makes it right there. That's, it's not factual, right? It's a choice. However, the ego will always put another obstacle in front of you before you can give yourself permission to heal. We talk about this all the time on the podcast. I need to make more money. I need to lose weight. I need a relationship. I need a house. I need more clients. I need X in order to deserve healing. Your willingness to receive is all it takes. Your willingness to recognize that it has nothing to do with what you do, but it has everything to do with who you already are. You already are everything you are seeking. You just need to give yourself permission to stop delaying your healing and be willing to receive. Receive love, receive healing, receive support, So what prerequisites have you decided you must meet until you can find happiness or healing or whatever word that is to you? I just think that's such a profound question. And we don't even recognize sometimes that that's what we've put into place because all of us do it. Oh, once I graduate from high school, once I graduate from college, once I get this degree, once I get that job title, and you all know that it never ends. So it's just such a great feeling to say, you know what? I'm going to be willing to receive. And maybe that could be your mantra for 2022. You're doing some reflection right now. The year is coming to an end. What are you most proud of yourself for? What were your biggest challenges and learnings? What are you grateful for? And then maybe some goals for next year. And one of them could be, I am willing to receive. Oh, I love it so much. 
I hope this episode resonated with you as much as it did for me. I really enjoyed speaking about this and I highly recommend you check out It's a Wonderful Life. It's just such an amazing movie. And at the end, Harry is George's brother and he said to my he says to my brother George, the richest man in town. And the meaning of that is just so big because it doesn't have anything to do with the monetary meaning. It has to do with the richness of connections and relationships and love and support, which is what we are all here striving to do. We assume it's these other things that keep us separate, but it's all about connection and love. And maybe this holiday season, smile to the person you walk by or you meet in the parking lot or say happy holidays or open someone's door and just try and spread as much kindness as you can because it will come back to you tenfold. Not only by giving, but ultimately you will receive as well. So thank you as always for listening and until next time. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, then head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We sincerely appreciate your feedback. Stay tuned for another episode of Connect Back In and thank you for listening.